You know, it's it's not about needing something. It's about trying to become the person who would never need it in the first place and who makes the decision that they want it anyway. Because then both parties are in the position of power. There's no there's no balance disbalance of leverage, right? It's I don't need you to help me lose weight. I know how to lose weight. I want you to help me do it better. At Active Life, we believe that the healthcare clinic of the future is the gym. Everybody starts with the best case scenario in mind. Never sell anything to anybody who is not in the market for what you have. The only reason we work out is to create the opportunity to recover. And the healthcare provider of the future is the coach. And this is why you guys need to get paid well, because what you're doing is really, really hard work. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Turning Pro on the Active Life Podcast. I'm Dr. Sean Parasuch. I'm joined today by Larry Geyer. Hello, sir. Thank you for having me. My pleasure for having you. Thanks for coming on. So today, what we're going to dive into for you guys is when to say no to that client. And what I mean by that is we want you to be, A, totally fulfilled by the people who you're working with, Mm. and B, totally effective for the people you're working with. In the beginning of your career, you're not going to know who those people are. You're not going to know who's a great fit for your gym and who's not a great fit for your gym. Unless if you're an extremely mature thinker who's put all this stuff down on paper, but most of us are not when we start our careers. So because I know, Larry, that you're a trainer who's very much in demand and that there are clients who you regularly say no to and refer out to other people, I thought it'd be valuable for you to break down for coaches out there listening how to know before they start if they feel like they're going to be effective for somebody. Dude, this is so important, man. I'm so glad we're doing this. There, I, I remember the beginning of this and just thinking this is this is going to be brutal. This is going to be brutal. This anyone who start, If you've been doing this for 10 years and you've been doing this for four months, this is probably going to be one of the most valuable conversations that you know how to have, period, for any career that you ever work in. Why do you say that? Well, you started off by talking about A, professional being fulfilled and being effective, right? To be able to know the kind of relationship it's going to take to satisfy both of those two things is immeasurably valuable, immeasurably valuable. Right. It's, and- it's going to make the difference between you cartwheeling out of bed every day and never feeling like you're working and getting paid well for it and having people that are stoked to pay you a lot or you like rubbing your eyes like, oh, I really just like, let's get through this. Mm-hmm. Who, no one wants to, who wants to do that? Well, th- this is one of those things where um, one of my favorite mentors, Jesse Itzler, used to say he would get introduced to people all the time who were like big shots and whatever they did. And he'd be like, oh, so what do, what do you do? Who do you do it for? How do you do it? And, and in the end, he's just like, oh, so you're just like, you're just rich. But what's like, what's the fulfillment for you Damn. on the backside of that? You can, you can make a lot of money and, and have a great career financially, but what's the, what's it for? Dude, I cannot believe that he so effectively was able to take something that so many people aspire to be able to be and just like call out the ways in which it could be totally inert and fruitless. Yeah. I mean, I think it's easier when you have a billion dollars. Definitely. But- <laughs> all right. Good call. But at the same time, like that, that's the point, right? Cause we talk all the time about coaches need to be paid like professionals and they need to earn it. They don't just get mm. it. So let's unpack for people. When someone is sitting across from you and you're in a consultation with them, what are you looking for to make sure that they're a great client for you? I love it. Well, first and foremost, first and foremost, I need to know what their problem is. I need to know what sucks. What isn't working right now, right? And then off of that, 
I can make the decision, am I actually equipped to help this person? Right. So first and foremost, what's, what's the, what's the problem? What's the, what do you want to fix? What do you want to be able to improve? Can I do it? Right. So when, when they start, if, if someone is, look, I, I've spent years making myself uniquely suited to be able to solve high level musculoskeletal problems. If someone comes up to me and they're like, I have to lose hundred pounds. My first response is internally. Well, I can very easily with one hand tied in my, my back, help you do that. Assuming you're compliant, but it would be, it would feel like a waste of my time and it would end up being a waste of your money because you wouldn't get my best. You can find someone cheaper. To, you can do that for free. Start walking and stop eating Snickers, right? To, to tell someone no because you are not absolutely the best person to help them is one of the most honest and strong negotiating negotiating positions you could ever put yourself in. Yeah, so I want to unpack a little bit about what you were just talking about with someone who's looking to lose weight because we're in the fitness space, mm-hmm. right? Like that's the number one search mm-hmm. term in the fitness space is weight loss. So you simplified it walk and stop eating a Snickers. I think that the value of a coach there would be the things that frankly you don't want to spend all of your time doing, which is helping somebody understand why they're not walking mm. and not eating the Snickers, mm-hmm. right? Like there, there's more to it than just stop doing the things that don't work. It's the same as someone who's got back pain, who sits for work all day. It's like, yeah, well stop sitting for work. Right. Problem solved. Well, why do you sit for work all day? Why do your exercises look like yes. this? So I think that what this is coming down to that people need to understand is you will always feel like you're at work when you're at work. Mm -hmm. It's not like if you love what you do, you never work a day in your life. However, you can enjoy your work if it's fulfilling. Mm. And if you're forced to do something that costs you energy, that doesn't work. Right. Right. If somebody says to me, Hey, how much money did active life spend in February on the following items? I'd be like, I don't know. I don't want to talk about it. Please go talk to accounting. Right. I have no idea. And I just know we're, we're handled. Mm. I'll figure I'll, I'll get my report at the end of the month. Right. Yeah. So if someone comes to you and says they want to lose weight, you're like, yeah, I could help you with that, but I wouldn't be fulfilled doing it, which would cost me energy, which would cost you service and my other clients. Service. What I would frankly, look, I love my, one of my biggest issues. One of my biggest issues in life is that I am, always ready to go as deep as possible, as fast as possible with whoever I'm talking about. And I'm always ready to go as deep as the person adjacent to me. I would happily sell them one to three, one to three single sessions at the highest rate that they go for to sit with that person and talk to them about all the aspects of their behavior and all the things that are leading to those aspects of their behavior that are actually at the source of them being where they are now. I would spend one to three sessions max, maybe, but listen, if they were committed to it and they were like, hey, it's going to happen in a coffee shop and we're going to talk about the things that are in your way, I'm with it. For them to understand what are the things that are leading them to be the kind of person that would be overweight in the first place, right? Mm -hmm. Because ideally, we can create humans via fitness and everything that goes into pursuing it that wouldn't be the kind of people that would be unfit in the first place. That's the goal of this. Of course. Well, right. it's, it's the idea of what, what you're just, de- what you're describing is create wants, not need. Mm. You know, if, if there are really fit people who work with personal trainers, there are lawyers who hire a lawyer to represent them. You know, it's, it's not about needing something. It's about trying to become the person who would never need it in the first place mm. and who makes the decision that they want it anyway. Right. Because then both parties are in the position of power. There's no, 
there's no balance, disbalance of leverage, yes. right? It's, I don't need you to help me lose weight. I know right. how to lose weight. Right. I want you to help me do it better. Now, if this same person came up to me and said, I need to lose a hundred pounds and it's been really hard for me to do because since this one injury I had 10 years ago, my knee hurts with almost everything I do. And I'm finding it really difficult to find a fitness routine that allows me to actually pursue this weight loss. Bingo. So what if somebody doesn't have the acumen to recognize that in themselves, but that is the truth. They know it. They just can't communicate it. I want to make sure that I understand. You're saying that the trainer or the coach the client. So, so let's say I came to you, right? And I always get knee pain when I work out, but I think that's a normal thing because mm. everyone I know gets knee pain when they work out and I'm a hundred pounds overweight. Or I'm 50 pounds overweight. Larry, I, I need to lose this weight and nothing I've done has worked. Got it. Where do you go from there? Because I might not have the communication skills as a client to be able to recall and understand that it's important that you know it's my mm-hmm. knee that's been stopping me. Right. So the fir- so first of all, make previous injury and any things that hurt or seem to limit you physically an absolutely essential pin in all of the questions that you ask. But before that, it could even be, well, what have you tried? Right. Well, nothing's worked. What have you tried? Well, I tried this, that, and the other thing. And it might come out to, well, I needed to stop because I really hurt my knee. Ah, okay. Now I'm understanding things. And if they don't ever present it, then you have to ask, are there any injuries that you've had that have kind of prevented you from being able to pursue all or any of the activities that you wanted to do? Mm-hmm. Right. And if there is, then you have to trust yourself now as uniquely able, as the expert who's uniquely able to get the, to solve this thing so they can get out of their way. And start doing all the things that they could for less time, money, and energy do to get them to lose the 100 pounds. And I think that there's something that you understand that I'd like to tease out of you, mm. which is any previous injuries that caused you to struggle in the past? Yeah, this knee injury. Okay. Okay. Check. Move on. I think that's what a lot of coaches do. Got there. it. What do you do next? So if they present that they have a knee injury what happened? Was there an occurrence or is it kind of just always been that way or did it come on? You got to unpack it a little bit more, right? You have to understand exactly why it is, when it happens, how much does it hurt? Does it hurt when you do this? Does it hurt when you do that? Oh, every single time I go downstairs, every single time I go downstairs, my knee hurt. Right. And really what I need to know in addition to that is, is this the kind of person who's talking to themselves in such a way that they are saying they have a bad knee Mm -hmm. or that they understand their knee hurts when they do this, that, or the other thing. And I don't does, know if that answers, if that was the information you were looking it does. for. It does. Does that make a difference for you? I have a bad knee versus many hurts when I, does it make a difference for you in terms of will you take that client? Oh yeah. Well, so someone who's describing themselves as having a bad something is someone who's stuck in a story. Right. And I think this is another really, really important thing that I look for, which is, well, if this person is telling themselves a story, that means that their fundamental beliefs around who they are as a person and what they're capable of are hamstrung isn't the past tense of hamstring are hamstrung by what they believe about themselves so now it's going to have to be some kind of expert unpacking around why this isn't necessarily the truth so they can start to create some new beliefs that are actually going to serve them to move forward and but but you would you always have been able to do that and would you always have wanted to do that (laughs) uh Wanted to be effective, yes. Knew that that's what I needed to do. Absolutely not. This is something that I've had to spend a lot of time learning about. Yeah. Okay. So, so if someone came to you with that and you weren't sure you could help them, would you take them on as a client? No, definitely not. Definitely not. If I don't, or at the very least, I would start addressing 
um, the problems that I knew I could solve without getting in the way of things that could be dangerous, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. We can, I can take you this far and then I'm not sure. Yes, exactly. So one of the things that I find to be effective for coaches out there who frankly run into a little bit of imposter syndrome and fear that they're not going to be able to help somebody who sits across from them and that they don't want to have to say no over and over and over and over again mm. is having a really quality referral base, yeah. right? Because we help everybody who calls us. We don't sign up everybody who calls us. Right. We help everybody who calls us either for one-on-one or for coaching in terms of business development. Everybody who calls us gets help because that sales call, if you will, is really their first coaching call. And if we didn't have other companies who we were really confident referring to, I think I would have some anxiety prior to every call because I don't want to leave people high and dry. Can you relate to that from a trainer perspective? For sure. Sure. Okay. So I think it's probably one of the most common problems that trainers and coaches face is that they don't know who they can trust to send someone to because they don't want to have a crazy conflict of ideas and principles and values when they're already putting so much time, energy and, and work into this person. They don't want to send them over to someone who is going to be like, Oh, stop doing that. Sure. And right. if you guys listen to podcast episode number zero, zero four, I interviewed Dr. Nick from steady MD who we went over exactly how to find the appropriate doctor to refer to and how to get that doctor to refer back to you systematically we went through it so go back and listen to episode 004 if that's something that you're looking for as a trainer what are the things you have a very clear understanding of who your client is when i watch your clients train with you here they all look very different and yet they look almost exactly the same Mm. do do you follow what i'm talking about with that i think so what i mean what i mean is you have men in their 60s You have men in their 40s. You have overweight men. You have men who are on weight. You have women in their 60s. You have women in their 30s. You have overweight women. You have women who are Mm. on weight. They all look the same in terms of none of them, from my perspective, seem to be with you because their goal is to look different. They all seem to be with you because their mind is such that they want to function different. Right. Uh, Okay. That's really well observed. I got it now. Thank you for that clarity. So the reason that I, you know, it's funny. I just, I just finished with a, with a 63 year old um, female client who is an absolute savage. And I just got finished telling her that I have so little time to give out now that the only, the only people that I'm still working with, and she embodies it, she embodies it. The only people I'm still working with are the people who are here for every single session. Like it's game day. She shows up like the night before she's like, I get jitters the night before and every single morning for every single session we've ever had. And she came with a lot of that. But the other half of it is because we've done something very, very clear from the get go of when I first took her on a client. And this is when I was working at New York sports club, making pennies, right? Or she's been, it's been three years. I mean, it was, what isn't working for you right now? What is, what is painful for you right now, physically, mentally, emotionally about what your current situation is? What is the dream for you? What would you love to have happen? For her, it's like, I need to be able to outrun my kids for the next, forever, forever. (laughs) Screw them. They're never catching up, right? And I want to be able to do everything I want to do. She can't sit still. So once I- She doesn't want to sit still. Right. Once I've established what sucks, what would you love to have happen? Am I uniquely suited to solve it? Let's say the answer is yes. The next thing I need to make sure of is that they have the mindset that is going to make this super, super conducive. If they're missing the mindset, 
and we can address they need there's a certain mindset that's going to help them and they're willing to move into that mindset over time fine let's do this let's try this out and let's see how serious you actually are about that right if they are unwilling or absolutely not ready to even start considering that then i can't i can't because it's just going to be it's basically going to be me banging my head up against the wall to get superficial results that aren't sustainable at all because i need to make sure that over time i'm building a mind that is going to direct the body without me, right? Mm-hmm. And the people that come here, irrespective of what they look like and irrespective of what their goals are, and I think at the end of the day, we all want the exact same thing, and it's well-being. Whether we realize that or not, I think we all want well-being. And frankly, I think a, a, all the conflicts in the world is because we all want well-being and we all have different ideas about how to do it, right? But we all want the same thing. We all want to feel good about life. We all want to be glad of the fact that we're here. And it's kind of hard to do that when you have a lot of physical stuff that's in your way or you don't like the way something looks, feels, or, or moves. And so they're all here because they want to have a vibrant experience of life, right? Irrespective of what they look like. And if they show me that they're focused, committed, driven, and compliant, how can I say no to someone like that who knows exactly what they want? We both understand that I can solve it and they're already willing and able to get after it. It's an extraordinary thing right? It's synergy. It's one plus one is a thousand when that happens. But if someone is not ready to bring those things and it's just like, no, I just need you. Can you just get the hundred pounds off? I can, but I will not. Right. So to really make this succinct, someone sitting across from you, they're interested in working with you. What are you asking and what are you trying to discern from the answers to those questions in order to determine if this is somebody who you should try to help or not? Can I help them? Okay. Are they the kind of person that I want to work with? Okay. If the answer to both of those questions is yes, then I take them. Okay. And what if the answer to one of those questions is I'm not sure? Then I have a conversation with them until we both get sure. Okay. So what if And that the, might not happen in that conversation. It, it sounds to me like that that's that's a good way to solve the is this the kind of person I want to help? What about the I'm not sure if I can help them? You mean if I'm not sure if I can help them, um, then I need to consult with people that know more than me, or I need to have someone that I can refer them to. Okay. Would you take somebody who you're not sure you can help? If, if, they, if they said, look, I get it, dude. You're not sure you can help me. I've been yes. to. Yes, I would. Um, and I've let them know. As long as I give, if you lay it all out 100% truthfully, like, hey, I'm like 80% sure I can help you with most of this. There might be a sticking point. And they're cool with it. Yes. Especially if it's about something that I don't think anyone else could even touch. Right. For example, I, I have one of my oldest friends, mothers that just signed up with me for, for 12 sessions. She has, um, her posterior tibialis tendon is fraying because her navicular is just insanely now, you shaped. You obviously didn't feel that out yourself. No, she's been, she's MRIs. been, yes, she has been, she's like, been condemned by doctors over the last five or six years. Like, Hey, eventually you're going to have to have a surgery that might be like 25% effective. So what I need you to do is not do anything because every step you take is actually making your tendon worse, but I need you to stay strong and healthy and active. (laughs) I need you to keep it up, but don't just don't do any of the things. So she's like, what am I supposed to do? And she is someone who is tons of tons of energy she loves moving she's active all the time she's very very simple enjoys the things of life and just wants to be able to go for walks with her dog right Mm -hmm. and she's happy and now she's been condemned to like these crazy shoes and like can't do anything and from my understanding of um of tendon health it's well there's one thing that i understand better than anything else that has been the only thing that's been proven like remotely to 
very, very decently improved tenant health, which is heavy, slow resistance, slow mechanical load over time, no force. And so, okay, I know that I cannot load her ankle in a crazy way and get her generally fit. I know I can make her overall constitution better. I can make her heart and her lungs better without hurting her ankle. And I also know that this is what tendons respond to. But the best thing I can hope for her is that over time, she just feels better because she has searing pain on and off unpredictably. Mm. So if I could apply, if I let her know what the maybe consequences are, hey, I don't know exactly what's going to happen to your tendon, but this is the best thing I've seen work for tendons. I'm down to try it if you are. This is the risk. This is the potential reward. Are you cool with that? If she says yes, then I have to take her. Yeah, I love it. So the, the simple rules for coaches out there listening and gym owners, is this somebody who I believe I slash we can help. Is this somebody who I slash we want to help? Essentially, are they aligned with our values? And if the answer to I'm not sure I can is, or excuse me, I'm not sure if I can is I'm not sure, then the follow-up needs to be honesty to the client, transparency to the client. Look, I would love to try to help you. I'm not 100% sure that I can get you where you want to go. If I designed a program for you, got with you one-on-one and did everything in my power to continue to grow my skills to make sure I can support you, would it be worth it to you to find out if we can get this done? Yeah, I love it. For you to paint the worst case and the best case for them. Mm -hmm. Hey, worst case scenario, this and this aspect of your fitness improve, but we don't solve this thing. Best case scenario, you see light at the end of the tunnel that you haven't seen for 10 years. Yes, and what that does, guys, you have to, this is so important. Every reason why people feel bad about selling is related to hiding that. It's related to hiding that. It's related to feeling like they're making false promises, either because they don't feel competent enough, you don't feel competent enough to do the job, or you're concerned that if you tell your client the truth, they won't buy. Tell your client the entire truth and put it on them. You'd be shocked. Yeah. The biggest thing that I've found, and I talk, we talk about this at almost every single workshop, is exposing yourself, telling the truth through and through and through, even if it shines light on in a way that you are not thoroughly competent, does not decrease credibility in your client's eyes. Well, especially it, if- It increases credibility in your client's eyes. This is one of the things, first of all, seminars now, they're no longer called workshops. Good call. That's okay. And the second thing to that is I had- insane imposter syndrome about starting a program for gym owners. Coaches, easy. I knew how to make $100,000 as a coach myself in my sleep. I did it at Equinox, then I left there and helped other coaches do it for themselves while I struggled owning a gym. I'm like, who am I to teach people to run their gym better? That's why I never ran a gym program for all the years that we've run this company. And all the years, both. Um, and then I spoke, I've mentioned it before to Ken Andrew right? Who's my mentor right now with level five mentors. And he was like, dude, you're not giving people your all. You're, you're doing exactly what you tell your clients not to do, which is you're selling them what you believe they're willing to buy, as opposed to selling them what you know, they absolutely need. And so you need to start a program to teach gym owners the things that you know, because you will fundamentally change their lives, their clients' lives, their staff's lives, and their spouse's lives, and everybody they come in contact with if they just do the things that you guys are teaching in active life. And I was like, well, aren't people going to be like, 
But Sean, you owned two gyms that were wild failures, one because of the wrong insurance and the other one because you absentee managed it and it went out of business. And the third gym that you owned was moderately successful, still exists, and you don't have any part of it. And it doesn't do what you're telling gyms to do now. He's like, where, where is my credibility going to come from? And he's like, from telling that story. The people who hear that, who know that you know you erred. And then you also know you can provide them value. When they hear that, the moment that they decide that they want to work with you guys, that's gone. The doubt of maybe you're not good enough for them is gone. And the fact that you were honest enough to present it to them, for them to know that this is the truth, that to be your story, that's ubiquitous with your brand, that becomes a strength. And no truer thing has been said. I love it. I want to relate that back to something that you started when you opened this. And it was coaches should be getting paid really well to be treated like legitimate professionals, but they have to earn it. So from a coach's perspective, and they have to earn it. And they have to earn it. Thank you. From a coach's perspective, I need you to be able to understand generally, if someone comes up to you in this situation, like, do you think that this can happen? Is that something you can do? You have to identify all the things that you can do. Well, here's what I know. I know I can keep you safe. I know I can make sure you don't fall off any cliffs. I know I can generally make your entire body stronger. I know I can generally improve this, that, and the other thing, which is going to make your, your heart and your lungs stronger. And I know that I can help you lose some weight. About your ankle, I'm not entirely sure right now. I'm willing to do everything that I can to improve it and consult everyone I know. Those are the four things I know I can help you with. That's the one thing that, that's a hard maybe. How does that sound to you? And if someone if someone's like, um, I really need to find someone who can get after this intensely, then you say, I absolutely understand. Um, I'm not that person right now. I'm going to go out of my way to find that person that can help you. Mm-hmm. Because when that person's ankle is fixed, who are they going to look for to crush the other four things. You. Yes, 100%. All right, guys. So the PDF for this episode is at activelifeprofessional.com slash podcast. You can download it and you can start to have a construct around who do you want to work with? What kind of questions do you need to be asking them? And what are you looking for in their answers to determine whether or not you can help them and whether or not you want to help them? Yeah. Until right. next time, jump pro. All right, that's going to be a wrap for this episode of the Active Life Podcast. And guys, remember, remember, if you are looking to enhance your fitness business, if you're sitting there thinking, man, I would love to be able to go on vacations. I would love to be able to take two weeks off and not have my business fall apart. And most importantly, most importantly, If you want to be a part of the movement that we are creating, facilitating, and seeing come to life, which is coaches and gyms becoming the healthcare clinic of the future, helping people who've gotten hurt working out, helping people who've been told they have to work out around that, having people be told they're too old to do that, find new hobbies. If hearing things like that for your clients is frustrating for you and you want to learn the skills to solve those problems and also get paid very well to do it, head to activelifeprofessional.com and let's get talking. Till then, turn pro.